Hell yeah! Welcome to Football and Other Efforts. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski, joined as always with our producer, co-host, Zach Lyons, and to my left is Mike Miracles. Hell yeah, boys. We, st- we still don't know where Keith is. Well, I know tweet- I told everybody that we Keith was tweet- going to be here, but he's a liar. We even tweeted out today that he was going to be on the podcast. He lied to our face. Disney on Ice is asking for money now. I'm, I'm starting to think it's not Disney on Ice. I think he's just a liar. Do you, th- do you think? Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do you think they send like clips of like old DVDs? Like instead of using magazine letters for ransom notes, they send, you know, cut out like DVDs of their titles and stuff. They sent a, a video of him in a like cartoon mask with an ice skate to his neck. <laughs> it's those old school. Remember the old school Disney VHS box? Yeah. It was that big plastic rip open clamshell thing. Oh, I got some in the garage. Yeah. It's like a Lion King shell. <laughs> But it's got like an old Transformers tape in it. I don't know. Fuck it. Um. So obviously, big game coming off the Chiefs win. This fucking team, That's pretty big. This we're we're, um, team. we're going to get into the Chiefs game. My triumphant. That's right, triumphant. My triumphant to return. I mean, that was really fucking triumphant <laughs> to Nissan Stadium. Also, triumphant return to tailgating. May or may not get into that. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to talk about. Fan base at Nissan Stadium, you know, people people are quite upset, as always, that the Titans got outfanned, if you will, in the stadium. I'm going to go into how I frankly don't think it matters anymore. Uh, Derek Henry had a big day. We'll talk a little bit about Lawan Saffold O-line in general, Tannehill's effect on the team and his future. And then we're going to have a quick little discussion since the Titans are bye week. they got a couple of important games coming up. We'll talk a little playoff not necessarily scenarios a little too early to talk about that but you know kind of some early playoff chances and uh must win scenarios so uh let's get into it what is the one damn thing we talk about with this team all the time they just when, suck just when you're ready <laughs> just when you are ready to give up they come running right back uh zach and i especially spent the last podcast really doing so let's just call it what it is pissing him up <laughs> Um, but of course, as always, what do they do? They show right up and they beat one of, I'm just going to say one of the hottest teams in the NFL. (laughs) Fuck off. Patrick Mahomes (laughs) is the type of player that can absolutely shred you at any given moment, but the chiefs have a historical problem with the Titans. And of course it showed back up. In a home game. And Mahomes did shred. Yeah. (laughs) Let let me say this. If I had told you that. Jayon Brown would be out, Jarrell Casey would be out, Corey Davis would be out, and uh, Malcolm Walker. Butler would be out. Who cares about Delaney? Quit, oh, quit acting on, like Delaney is a contributor on. to this team. We haven't seen him it's since he's... The only, time we, the only thing he contributes to is pissing and moaning in the <laughs> locker room. It makes, it make, makes me sad that yeah. Delaney's not out there, but, but I agree uh, with you a little bit. Yeah, so you got the, all those they, guys they out. They have not missed him that much. Yeah, so you got those guys out, and I told, said, okay, all those guys are out. And I said, Mahomes is going to throw for the most yards I think he's ever thrown in his career, or at least close to it. Yep. It's 446. It is the most yards that he's that has been thrown in Nissan Stadium out yeah. of any quarterback to ever be in Nissan Stadium. And Ryan Tannehill threw for um, less than 200 yards. Would we? Would you have expected us to even win? Be competitive no, if I just that, presented it to you that way. That sounds like fifty to like three. <laughs> I was gonna say that that's that sounds like some ridiculous shit of like forty eight to fourteen. Yeah, I mean it's improbable. And then uh, so I'm sitting there by myself at the bar because I couldn't. And we'll talk about the stadium, but I couldn't really muster up first off anybody to really go with me to the game. But I I was like, man, I really don't want to have to go fuck with that security line or whatever. I can just go to a bar nearby, right? Yeah. So I, I decided I wasn't going to go to the game. I couldn't find anybody to do it. I let my parents have the tickets, okay? I'm sitting there, and then that first drive of the game, and then within the first five minutes, I'm like, oh, this isn't this is the same old Titans. Oh. We're going to get rocked. And then Kenny V gets that interception that got returned or that that got turned over and i'm thinking this fucking team's gonna win this game <laughs> they, <laughs> i mean they just they just felt like they were gonna win it's like the patriots game that kenny v play made me say 
they're pulling me back in. <laughs> These motherfuckers are pulling me back in. I can't help. And I know that trashed them really hardcore last time. And I just wanted them to lose because I thought they deserved to lose. <laughs> but I, I tell you, I, they after that play, I was just like, every, it was everything was got me just excited. I know that shit on them. But that one play, I was hooping, hooping and hollering in the middle of a fucking bar by myself. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, just what it was. I mean, that's just how I feel about this team. They can shit on my heart, but as <laughs> if they come crawling back, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'll take it back. <laughs> well, I mean, the the Vicaro played on the very first snap of the game. It was kind of one of those things. It's like, oh, holy shit! Are are is this gonna be one of those games where they just come out and all of a sudden the Titans can do no wrong? And obviously, it ended up that the ball like squirted out of his arms or whatever as he hit the ground. But I, I do think that gave a little bit of hope there right off the bat. And I mean, that first drive, the Chiefs, I, I want to say the Titans got their hands on like two or three passes that could have possibly been intercepted. I know there's one that was deflected and it took like a really late deflection and hit Odori Jackson like in the kneecap or something like that. But there was a couple close calls right off the bat that I, you know, went against him and, you know, then you have the the weird fumble deal and, and the Chiefs get the ball back in good territory. And it's like, oh, fuck, here we go. We're going to get blown out. And they just kept coming back. They they kept fighting back over and over and over again. And it was really an impressive win. I mean, I mean, pe- pe- a lot of people, and this is a pet peeve of mine, if you go through almost any NFL game and you can go, well, but if the if the punter did, or the long snapper didn't snap it too soon and they didn't they missed, they, they made that field goal, it would have just been to overtime at best, and like they might have lost. That you can do that for every game in the NFL. Well, you like, can do just that about. about. You hear that all the time about the Buffalo game. Well, if Nick Williams didn't drop it last yeah. year, then this and year, and then the Chargers game. Well, if they yeah. just ran it in with Henry, they would have won that game. Yeah. They would have been eleven and five, but. I mean, you can't. You can do that going both ways for almost like, any one score game. You, no matter how much you want to talk about what ifs, nobody, to my knowledge, has created a time machine to go back <laughs> and change it. And and I'll tell you this: the NFL does not sit together, and, and Roger Goodell does not sit there with a bunch of people, and they're like, "Yeah, but if this would have happened, we better reward them like a, a win in yeah. the column." Like it, it doesn't fucking matter. Your no. what ifs do not matter. All that no. matters is what has happened. Facts. And the Titans played well enough to win the game. They, I I, they had more points at the end of the day than the Chiefs had. There are two things I despise in fandom in any sport, and it's what if scenarios about games, what if X thing had gone Y reason, and then the other one of if you could have any player on the NFL on your team who I don't <laughs> want to fucking play that game. I could give a damn if you want to take Drew Brees' torso and attach it to <laughs> Patrick Mahomes' legs. We're not playing that game. No, but, okay. So. Bleacher Report would like you to click through this slideshow, though. And yeah. go through, <laughs> they went through all 32 teams. 15 reasons why a separated Mahomes' torso. But, um, so... Oh, I really hate what ifs. Anyways, you got me off a little track. I I want to talk a little bit about the atmosphere. In the yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear it because I was pleasantly surprised. So triumphant return to the stadium. Wish I had music for that. But Mark and I, my brother and I, got up early um, to go to this game. Our intention was not necessarily to tailgate. And I, I've learned. And then those why who get up me, early? It feels like intentions I, were there. Can I finish my story? Okay. Anytime I make the statement of my intention was not X, I always do Y. I always do Y. I'd, one of my favorite times going out with uh, a member of this podcast is I went to then Cadillac Ranch wearing this ratty-ass gray t-shirt and a pair of jeans had no intention of having a good time and had one of the absolute best nights of my life. <laughs> so anytime I go out not intending to do something, I do why. But so Mark and I got up early, ate a power breakfast, had some espresso. We had a parking pass. We had good tickets. Steel cut oatmeal. Um, no, not steel cut oatmeal. <laughs> we will get into that another time. Um, but we showed up to the stadium about 1045 and went over to uh, the tailgate hosted by Jefferson's uh, V love listener of the podcast. Thank you for having us at the, uh, tailgate my guy his and his tailgates are always outrageous there's always usually a couple hundred people there they've always got an outrageous flip cup game going i mean it's it's a wild spot to go um and we had a blast and the parking lot was rocking i don't get me wrong there were a lot of chiefs fans we're gonna get into just how many chiefs fans were in the stadium but 
there were a lot of Chiefs fans, but Titans fans who were tailgating were like angry, like but like positive angry. I don't know how to uh-huh. say that. Like fired up and ready to get in people's faces. Every time a group of Chiefs fans would walk down the sidewalk to go into the stadium, loud booing, like tomahawking in their face. It was aggressive. I was actually really, really proud of Titans fans. I like it. Um, I like to hear that. Yeah. Na- naturally being the Titans fans, Titans fan that I am, we left the tailgate late due to consumption of a tequila called Montezuma. And uh, <laughs> that just sounds like it's a dangerous tequila. So it's yeah. absolutely disgusting. It's like it's like, dumpster- it's like at three words. It's like in an it. agave dumpster juice. But like Montezuma's revenge is like a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I, it got its revenge about 45 <laughs> minutes later. Um, but anyways, we got in right after kickoff. And the lower bowl of the stadium of Titans fans that were there were loud. They were aggressive. It was a good, good time. Yeah. Um, and... Once the Titan, once everybody started having the feeling that Zach was talking about that, are the Titans really going to do this? They're just going to have one of those days where things are going their way and they're playing well. Titans fans were feeding off of it and it was fun. It was a very fun atmosphere. One of the most fun atmospheres I've experienced at Nissan Stadium in a long, long time. Dare I say ever. Um, But (laughs) let me make something abundantly clear. It was 75 percent chiefs fans oh yeah. easy that's what it looked like on TV. easy now in the club level there's a picture that's been going around about all the chi- the chiefs even tweeted out about how many Chiefs fans were in the club levels painted red so right. it's hard to tell but i can promise you it was 75 percent Chiefs fans but those Chiefs fans went quiet pretty quick there was definitely a lot of turmoil in the chiefs fan base that was in the stadium of this isn't going right how they're the- they're not a very good fan base when it comes to losing. Uh, I went to it was um, 2017 home opener for or it was in Arrowhead. Mm. Um, Dwayne Bow was on the team, I think. Still, oh, so for, it's been uh, that can't have been 2017. Was that not 2017? I feel be- like Marcus played. I don't. It all uh, blends no. together yeah. sometimes. But there there is actually a picture of me from the game. Uh, on TV, someone sent it to me. It's a sea of red, and it's just me in blue, yeah. light blue, and I'm standing up and yelling. But I'm yelling at someone who um, is just talking. He just talks shit the whole fucking game. Yeah. At the very beginning, to me, my dad and uh, a couple of our buddies were there about, you know, we're going to beat your ass and blah, blah, blah. But we went off on him for whatever whatever game it was we went off on Wait, him. was that the game where we won like 26 to 10? It was like yeah. the very like I first game of the season. I believe it was a Marcus game or was that Jake Locker game? Uh, it might have been Locker. It was, I think, was that the first Wizen Hunt yeah, game Yeah, that's maybe? what it probably was. Yeah. Um, no, that was the, t- well, yeah, it would have been the first Wizen Hunt in 2014. 2014. I think that's right. And, and I just went in on his shitty team of about wide receivers and all that kind of stuff, but they're ungrateful losers. I mean, they're, they're horrible losers. So I can't imagine what you saw. It actually wasn't as bad as really? I thought it was going to be. Yes. Most of the cheese fans, of course, uh, let's, let's call it proximity bias. Most of the cheese fans around us were actually pretty cool people. They were, they were funny. They were nice. They were accepting shit talk willingly kind of fan base I like because like Bills fans I can't stand Bills fans and of course the last time I was in a stadium with a bunch of Bills fans I was shit talking lake effect snow so I understand my <laughs> shit talking game is not there but I I found cheese fans actually be amicable people to be around Bills fans just whatever garbage city yeah I think they were the first people to fry chicken wings congratulations but Eagles fans also bad but let me just let me let me back up for a second I want to make two statements here a Titans fans that are in the lower bowl get it done. And I was really, really impressed and proud of that fan base for making as much noise and having as good a time as they were in the lower bowl. And I got to kind of do a May Coppola thing here. Uh, I, I Something dawned on me halfway through the game because my attitude of walking in the game was, I hope Titans fans around me don't see me giving silent little aggressive fist bumps when Mahomes does something well because I'm a big <laughs> Mahomes fan. I'm a Mahomes fan. And William got him in fantasy too. It's not just the fantasy football thing though. Like I really enjoy watching. This oh, guy I play. love watching. And him. Will yeah, he's he's, he's gonna incredible. be like he's gonna be like Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers is and was to me. So, anyways, where I'm going with this is that there are times, and this is one of those times where I just you just need to shut the fuck up and enjoy what's in front of you, and. For all, and we're going to always do it on this podcast. It's the whole point. It's the whole point of why reporters do what they do. It's the whole point why fan bases are fans. But there are times when 
instead of looking ahead and walking into a game like I thought the Chiefs were just going to annihilate us, I think you just need to go into a football game and watch football. And that's that's exactly what happened. And once I kind of just started watching football on Sunday, I started having an absolute blast. And that was the most fun I've had at Nissan Stadium in at least a decade. That's awesome. Uh, I have a – it's just – I agree with you. We should be more positive, and we should just enjoy the game, be in the moment. Mike's been preaching that for a couple of weeks now. <laughs> they just make it so hard. No, uh, and that's <laughs> it's exactly, so hard. Well, in in two weeks, when they spray the bed against the Jaguars, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm going to be back to pissing and moaning. But there there are moments I think that when when your team is doing well, and I think this is the best way I can answer. The Titans are on a seesaw. They may always be on a seesaw. We, that just may be our lot in life as Titans fans. That you're always going to watch a team on a roller coaster. But I think when the team is clicking and the offense is clicking and the stadium is clicking and you're having a good time, I think you need to stop thinking ahead to playoff scenarios and games and oh, if we win here, we're not going to get Joe Burrow. If we did, you know, just just that, kind of that's enjoy, a good yeah. point. Just yeah. enjoy like what's in front of you, right? Enjoy the four hours that you're in the stadium where things are going well. That is probably the best point you've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> is and I'm being serious. I'm gonna turn that, my mic off. Is that we shouldn't look at games and look at the results of every game based on what we want to happen that's, in the future. That's what yeah. we're here to do afterwards. That's what you do on a Tuesday when work sucks and you want to listen to podcasts and you want to overthink the win or the loss of your team. Don't do it in the moment. And I'm very guilty of that. I, I'm very guilty of that. We're guilty of it in a group, and I know a lot of people are like this as fans, to where you're in a text chain, you're in Slack, you're in whatever your messaging thing is, and you start to feed off each other if the team doing shitty or even doing well. Stop looking ahead. Just enjoy what's in front of you. And I started doing that Sunday, and I kind of almost like had this chi, this calm come over me of, I don't really care if they win or lose, this is really fucking fun what i'm doing right now i mean it was a it was an objectively fun game like if i was watching that game as a neutral that would have been one of the best games of the day and and to be honest the chargers game was objectively oh it was amazing it was a crazy finish just like this one but it was an objectively fun game let's be real the titans for all their faults and believe me they're not a perfect team nobody's saying they're a perfect team but fans that don't go to games and this has been true for three years now Fans that don't go to games because, oh, Titans aren't that good or, you know, I, I don't want to go watch them play. They play exciting games there. Like, for whatever reason, the games that come down to the last moment and usually the Titans have come out on the good side of those games at home, they all happen at Nissan Stadium. The Eagles game last year was one of the best sporting event experiences I've ever been to in my entire life. Patriots it game. Absolutely incredible. The Patriots game was but great. But then you always, that have, that, you always have that there's, one, though. There's the Buffalo stinker, game. Yeah, the, the, Buffalo, the, the Ravens game. Ravens game. There's a stinker in there. Yeah. But, I mean, the Chargers game, the Bucks game, the Chiefs game, now three in a row, those games all came down the last few minutes. The Titans made huge plays at the end of the game to win those games. That's exciting to watch. I mean, like... Going to Nissan, and if you look at their home record, I think Jim Wyatt tweeted it out uh, this week. They're like nineteen and six at home over their last twenty-five games at Nissan Stadium. Nineteen and six is really fucking good. Yeah, like that is really good. No, it is because there was a period of time for a long time that the Titans turned very bad at home. Yeah, and for those for the fan base that's older and and started going to you know every single home game early, like like we did. You got jaded to the fact that the Titans were just dominant at home. Then you went through that period of the mid to late 2000s where they turned to pure shit at home. So that's, I mean, you're exactly right. 19 and six at home is a damn good record. So most of the time when you go to Nissan Stadium now, you should be getting a relatively exciting football product on the field. So I don't know, just... Just enjoy it. I'm going to tweet that out later because I need to kind of apologize a little bit to our listeners and Titans fans as a whole. I mean, if you can go to the game, go. Yeah. But I do want to pivot a little bit. Let's pivot. Here's my pivot. Stop bitching and moaning about how many opposing fan bases show up to your stadium. And here's the reason why. This is happening, not in general, but it is happening to NFL fan bases across the country. Yes. Travel is easier. It is relatively cheaper southwest has helped a lot yes <laughs> and, and, and it's like, a good economy people have more you know right. expendable income right now right so this is happening across the league now it's not happening where 75 percent of the fan base 
is taking over a stadium. But this is my second footnote to that. Nashville is going to continue to be that way. Yep. And if you live in Nashville, short of the traffic and some of the other crazy shit we got going on here, tourism is a good thing. But with tourism comes the fact that people want to come to your city. And what do they want to do? They want to show up to your city and enjoy everything that your city offers, but they want to tell you everything about how badass where they're from is, including showing up and wearing their damn home jersey and going to the game. That's It's not going to stop. I think even if this team wins the Super Bowl this year, you would have at least a 40% fan base showing up in that stadium every home game, and I'll defend that till I die. Because tickets are relatively easy to get to any NFL home game, but... Nashville is in a unique position to where it's a huge tourist destination and our fan base is pretty divided. So just stop bitching yeah. about it. It, it, is, it, it is. You it should was, look at it, it as a compliment a, it to Nashville. It a different Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you should look at it as a compliment yes. to Nashville more than anything. Because teams in, in like, I mean, a lot of these bigger teams, the Chiefs, the Eagles, you know, those, those big fan bases, the Steelers, they have, they are very organized. Like they have supporters clubs. They get together and they talk about what game is going to be their big road trip that they all go to this year. Yep. And Nashville is going to be at the top of that list almost every time, except for the teams like the AFC South that we play every year. Look, I mean, that's why you don't ever right. see big time like show out from like right. the Colts fans showed up pretty good for week 17, but that was a huge game. Yeah. Um, but you don't see Jaguars fans take over the stadium. You don't see Texans fans take over the stadium. These are people that want to travel to go see their team, and they want to go see a cool city while they do it. They well, don't want to go to Jacksonville. And, Nobody and, wants to and go that's, to Jacksonville. That's the point I want to make real quick because I know I'm like not letting Zach talk as usual. But <laughs> I be happy with the fact that your stadium is eighty to ninety percent filled. Trust me, that's a good problem to have because when you look at fan bases that don't do well and their team really starts to suck, like Cincinnati, like Cleveland, shit like that. The empty seats is a big problem. The NFL, the city right. sees that. You have a desire. You live in a desirable area that people want to come to. I know it sucks to say this, but be happy that people want to pay and go inside that stadium. That's a good thing. It well, helps a lot of shit. I mean, here's the thing. Going to back to what Mike said about the highly organized fan bases. When you think back to them, they're always Chicago, Philadelphia. They're the big ones. Even yeah. Buffalo, even though they're not a great team, it's a shitty city. They want to get out of Buffalo. <laughs> uh, but they have a really great big fan base. But when these tickets go on sale in the public, the, to the public, these teams' fans are right there buying the tickets. They're oh, yeah. not they're they planned it. They're there to buy it. As soon as the schedule right, comes right. out, they just get on yeah. get together and this is the one. Just because cre your creepy Allen down the street has just told you I sold my tickets to blah 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 does not fucking mean that everybody that is a Chiefs fan bought their ticket from a Titans fan. Right. There are in in fact when I went to Mile High Stadium, there were Original tickets, not resales. Original tickets still available in the lower bowl in the visitor section. Okay, the visitor section is typically, our visitor section typically is what's, I believe, facing the TV, your TV angle, right? Yes. So yep, you're going right. to see the visitor section. You don't really see the home section exactly. on TV. So that's one thing taken into account. Another thing taken into account, when I pop open, which I did constantly before I even left for Denver, the... um. Ticketmaster app and StubHub and all these, they didn't flash up a warning that said, "Uh-oh, you're you're looks like you're in Nashville. You can't buy these Denver Bronco tickets." <laughs> Nobody knows who buys these tickets. Yeah. You, they, it's anonymous. They they say, "Hey, someone bought your tickets, and you send the tickets." There's no yeah. way to regulate it. No, I, I don't really know how. I know the sort predators of just only selling it to your friends yeah. or something. Like I know the predators have some weird way of doing it because they they do it by like your billing address or something right. like yes. that on your credit card. But I mean, why would you do that as an NFL stadium? But and there's a difference between NHL doing it where there's you know that your NHL fan base is only what and, it seats what twenty thousand. And the predators have that's, also sold out like a hundred something consecutive yeah. games. I mean too. That, that's exactly. Exactly. You, you cannot compare the two because, A, the Predators were two wins away from hoisting a Stanley Cup two years ago and have been in the hunt for going on five years now. 
and B, you're talking about the difference between a 15,000 seat venue, it may be 18,000, yeah. to 64,000 at Nissan Stadium. And that's that's every NFL stadium is, is going to minimize out unless you're playing in that shit-ass soccer stadium for the Chargers. <laughs> you're talking minimum 60,000. So it, you can't compare the two. But just enjoy the fact that people want to go to your stadium. I know it sucks to see a fan base fill up like that, especially in SEC country where you're used to seeing your fan base dominate these huge massive football cathedrals Mm -hmm. i I get that but just enjoy the fact that people want to come here because i promise you even a fan base that takes over and fills up 80 percent of the stadium 80 percent of your stadium is filled you don't want to be in situations like jacksonville where they're putting up tarps to cover up the top portion because you don't want to show an embarrassing number of empty seats on tv and even the seats that they don't have tarped are half empty so anyways and one one other thing on that the I, feel, I do feel like the with the atmosphere that you mentioned with the Chiefs fans almost inspiring the Titans fans to be a little bit more rowdy and loud at the game. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing. That's like, a good thing. When uh when Zach and I went to the Chargers game, it like I felt like that was a good atmosphere there. There weren't a ton of Chargers fans, I but mean, there were there were a few, but I mean one, it's kinda hard to tell. But really yeah. in our section, it was Titans fans. Yeah. I think I only saw two or three Chargers fans within eyesight yeah. of where we were sitting. And, but, I mean, it was a really good atmosphere. When the Eagles game last year, it was a great atmosphere. Like, the Eagles fans were loud, but the Titans fans were louder. I mean, that that was a great atmosphere, and it, it honestly makes for kind of a fun iron viewing experience. Iron. Yeah. So, let's uh, let's move on a little bit to Derrick Henry. Um, pay, mm. pay the man. At this this point, I know uh, we've all said it. (laughs) You don't pay running backs. But we don't really technically. We have the room to do it. And he's him and Tannehill are becoming that leader. You got to pay him. I'm going to say it. I don't give a shit if I get shit on for saying this. I'm really starting to think that Derrick Henry might be one of those generational talents that you can't afford to let go. He's, this team he's 25 yeah. he has relatively low mileage for a 25 year old back coming off of his first contract and he is getting better yeah. like he is yes. still ascending as a player yes. and i mean the numbers he's put up this year he's already at i think 832 yards uh eight touchdowns which if you look at this time last year he was he had 404 rushing yards and four touchdowns through 10 games last year and he had fewer rushing yards than Deion lewis did through 10 games at, at this point last year. And it's not even DeHember. It's nope, not, not even DeHember yet. yet. Uh, DeHember came early, baby. <laughs> An F-Words podcast special. <laughs> but uh, if he has a similar breakout, and I'm, I I get the feeling that this is kind of the, the pre-shock to a bigger crescendo for him down the stretch, I feel like a big close is coming for him like he like happened last year. And I think there's reasons for that, right? You you hear all the time, you know, colder the weather gets, the harder it is to throw the ball, the harder it is to tackle a big physical running back like this. The dude's, you know, six foot three, two hundred and fifty pounds, chiseled out of stone. And the fact that the guy takes care of his body the way he does, and this is another point to Zach, you're you know, both both of you guys talking about re-signing him. Derrick Henry takes care of his body on a level that is, I mean, all NFL players take care of their body, but Henry takes it to another level. He is constantly training. The guy is basically a cyborg. He has missed one game in his entire NFL career, which is almost unheard of as a running back um, due to injury, and that was a calf strain against the Chargers his his rookie year. He has not missed a game in three years for this team. He never, he never even comes out of the game. Like, when's the last time you saw Derrick Henry take a hit and be slow to get up? No, that doesn't even it. happen. And that's where you make a good point. I'm, I'll jump to this ledge with it: is that I really feel like he's the type of player that you pay, pay him a big contract tomorrow, and his work ethic does not change. Not I don't one think so iota. either. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's about the money for him. And, I, and, I and think be honest, I don't think it does, especially with Eddie George here. Yeah, I mean, when Eddie George right. is on the that's, radio, yes. I mean, Eddie George. You, you don't really you, you get the gist, and he kind of came out and said it last year. Eddie George is mentoring Derrick Henry, yeah, I, and it, it just is a fact. And if you're an Eddie George guy and you want the next Eddie George, this is it. Yeah. But th- this is a better Eddie George, and we're about to face the twenty third and twenty fourth 
two uh, 23rd and 24th ranked rush defenses in DVOA in Indy and Jackson or Jacksonville than Indy. So this is DeHenber is coming early. Yeah, it, I mean it's going to get cold. No, November. November. Yeah, why not? Uh, but <laughs> it's it's going to get cold. You know, teams around the league defenses are starting to like. I mean, your body. Almost no NFL players are healthy right now. That, that's the fact of the NFL. At this point in the season, almost nobody's healthy. I honestly think the late bye could help the Titans a little bit here because mm-hmm. you get healthy, you get a little bit of a juice at the right time when you need this push down the stretch. But a fresh Henry running against some tired, you know, beat-up bodies on defense, and then you've got the fact that the offensive line is starting to gel and kind of get a, a little bit of a flow going. This happened the same way last year. It took them a while to get the feel for that zone because so much of zone running and what the Titans do in the run game is feel and communication and knowing what the guy next to you is going to do and how he's going to react to a certain situation and being able to play off of that. And there, we're starting to get some consistency with Lawan, Saffold, Jones, Davis, and Conklin, that same unit starting a few games in a row together. I think you're going to start to see this run game start to open up late in the season. And if it does, and if it breaks like it did in DeHenber last year, <laughs> it just rolls right off the tongue now. I, I, I can't even, I mean, I'm going to be, anyways. It's not going away. <laughs> it's not, it going, away. not going away. Much people. to buckerizing chagrin. Um, <laughs> but if, if this offense takes off, the run game specifically takes off like it did last year, I think Derrick Henry's going to win the rushing title, and I think the Titans are going to the playoffs if you, that happens. Do you pay him? Oh, absolutely. I, I would pay I him. I mean, just let's 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 go on the scenario that the Titans don't make the playoffs this year, but his production continues the way it is right now. Do you pay that man? I think you've got to. You've got I, the cap space I, I to do, do it. I'm starting to really, not even starting to think, I'm of the opinion that the Titans cannot afford to let this man go. I, I, I do I, think I there's a maximum yeah. that you want to pay him. I'm not saying give him a Zeke contract because I, I think that's silly. But I'd get up to that double digits, though, if I had to. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, I think you've got – I do think at this point you have to start looking at whatever sacrifices you have to make to keep him on the team. I just – I'm sorry. People want to talk about Mariota leaving this team and go somewhere else and doing well and blah, blah. And even though we know that's a fly to fancy – Derrick Henry is one that would leave and go somewhere else and absolutely go one one hundred percent hundred percent. There is not a doubt in my yes. mind that if he even went to the Texans, that because Bill O'Brien loves to run the ball, that even though they have a shitty offensive line, he's gonna put up the yardage. Yeah, he he fits here. This is where Derrick Henry needs to be. This is who. Yes, you have potential quarterback and Tannehill that can go a couple you know maybe a couple years but um and then you also have um a potential for you know franchise quarterback in the draft Derrick Henry is the guy you're building around this team seems like they they want to run the ball and they want to be successful the offensive line is working the offense works better when he is working this is the guy that you have decided to build around in my eyes, and you need to pay the guy to keep him here because you're not going to find that rare blend of size, strength, and speed. You're he's just a, not going to find a, it. He is a legit unicorn. I mean, and, that, and, and that this is, bullshit that he can't, guy. that he has to have a hole open every time to run, that's, that's not true. Yeah, Go I, watch some tape because he will, I believe it was two weeks ago versus Carolina. I mean, the whole – I don't know if I could have fit through it. I don't know how someone his size could have fit through this hole and and break it for a big, long gain. This is the guy that you need to, to build around. There are some runs against the Chiefs, too, where the hole is tiny and he just slithers through. I mean, he's able to get small despite the fact that he's a, you know, apartment-building-sized uh, human being. But, I mean, the guy – has it all. I mean, he, he's got the full package. I wish he would catch the ball a little bit better, sure, but that's actually gotten a little bit better these last few weeks, too. Um, but, I mean, shit. He still needs it, a compliment. He needs a he pass catching, pass blocking. I mean, that's, he's, he can't but play, someone better than Dion Lewis. He can't play 100% of the snaps. Right. Like, you know, nobody, right. nobody right. is. He, he may start wanting to. If he's starting to wave <laughs> off Dion Lewis, he may start, you know, trying to play I more. I mean, zero touches for Dion Lewis yeah. this week, so. But it, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, 
we've always tout, touted Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry on this podcast. I, I feel yeah. like. I mean, I know at least I have, but, you know. Yeah, we've I been think a pro Derrick Henry t- podcast. But the people who said, well, I got to see it. You know, when we were talking about paying him during the last offseason, saying, you know, it's coming up, I'm about, well, I got to see it for a full season. You're seeing it for a this full season. Full when season when someone like. is dedicated to Derrick Henry, this is what it should look like. I don't understand how you need to see more out of Derrick Henry, but you've seen enough out of Mariota. Explain that shit to <laughs> yeah. me. That, that does that, not make any yeah. sense. The fact that those two people seem to run in the... Yes. Those two types of thought, schools of thought run in the same circles yeah. makes no sense and to me. It doesn't. Anyways, um, so I want to make this thought quickly and we'll move on. Um. Eddie George lights up when he talks about Derrick Henry. Oh. And that really makes me smile. It, it makes me warm to my it heart. It does. I and mean, I, and, and Derrick's leadership has improved dramatically. Yes, his vocalness and everything. You can and, tell it's taken it, up a notch. It, it, it's it's happening, well, guys. You you are watching a superstar be made in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, well, I mean, perfect, perfect leadership role model to have in this town. But I gotta say, big shout out to Midday One Eighty. Stumbled ass backwards from the Logan Ryan show into having Eddie George on. Huge up. Yeah. Nothing against Logan Ryan. Because Logan Ryan did come with some honesty. But and I, I liked his insights about I, the current I, exactly. team and No, stuff. I did. I yeah. really liked his insight. This is not a knock on him at, at all. Um, but I think it's a good <laughs> upgrade because Eddie George, a little, I don't know why, surprisingly, but to me has been refreshing to listen to. Because he's willing to clap back on some of the current bullshit That's in the NFL true. with the the whole, I, I'm definitely and, on his side with the, um, with the fashion shows, but... I uh, I really like hearing his insight about Derek Henry. I just I really do like to hear what he glows when he talks. About yeah. It. So it's and neat. and it's it's just it's kind of a cool lineage yes. as this franchise. And I know you know there's and we've complained about it before that this team is so boring because it's all about running and defense and and everything. But the fact of the matter is that there's something cool about Eddie George and probably you know, the Eddie George upgrade, both being a part of the same franchise and them being actually close, you know, off the field now in the, the fact that we chant Henry, 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 like yeah. it was at, like, that's, there's and something man, cool there, about that, you know? And then, then think about CJ2K. Like yeah. when you got Eddie George, CJ2K and now Derrick Henry, those are three electric running backs. And we are typically at our best when our running backs are these, are these above average, near elite style running backs? You know, you can argue about Eddie George all you want. You know, he always fell forward. He was always there, and he was always a leader. And older Titans fans who remember the move, you know, when we drafted Eddie and then we moved over. This is it's just it's to me it's fun to see Eddie George come into his own, and now I get to see Henry come into his own. And yes, and I think that. Younger fans, I think, I think they realize who Henry is. But I, 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 again, going back to the older fans, they're the ones who are still up in arms about Henry. Like you're seeing someone grow in front of your eyes to become a superstar, whereas other players have flashed out really bad in these last over these last ten years. It feels like you should be embracing Henry. If you're not embracing Henry now, I don't know what what to tell you. And let me let me say one thing. The uh <laughs> there was someone on Twitter who actually I said something about Henry today or may, yeah, I can't remember when it was. It was this week. And he was like, "Yeah, but Henry's such a boring running back to watch. He's just what? he's just plotting." And I'm oh, like, "I'm finding this I'm guy like, on Twitter right now." Dude, <laughs> I, that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, if you if there wasn't a like if you weren't getting emotional during that e- that Chiefs drive when they started to really lean on Henry and he's just ripping off 12 yards at a time and the Chiefs just physically cannot tackle him with one one person, if that doesn't get you fired up and just to see your team imposing their will and just beating the shit out of an opposing defense with a blunt hammer, like I didn't, I don't know. Football's not your sport. I mean, like listen, that's the thing. Circus catches are fun. Yeah, I know that's and what, I I love I love right. a good passing offense. And, and I know that's what the NFL has morphed to. But you can't tell me that watching somebody get bodied or stiff armed by a running back is not one of the most exciting things in the NFL. Oh yeah, that, and when Henry <laughs> does it, he does it to perfection. The man is a big nasty back in the backfield. How can you not get behind that? Oh, uh, it's. it's Fun to watch when he's on the field. I get excited like Christmas morning because I'm like, 
he literally at any point can rip off a 60, 70, 80 yard touchdown run. Yeah. And that's I mean, it. I mean, he's a home run threat. He's a power back. He's a, he's got it all. It, I, I know we're gushing about him at this point, but it, it is red in the face. It is legitimately to a joy to watch him play. And I hope, I do hope the Titans I extend mean, did, did him. They, you want to get him a Christmas they, present? Did they not fucking watch the Jags game? Like this person, whenever I find them, yeah. you're going to have to send me this tweet later. <laughs> I'm just going to rip into him. Yeah, get him. I mean, all of our listeners should be ripping this guy, applauding running back. Yeah. He's reached up to 21 miles an hour in like two or three runs already this year. I need yeah. to see more out of him. But so let's, <laughs> all right, speaking of ripping, Taylor Juan ripped into himself. <laughs> yeah. And then, Big whoop. And then Saffold got on Twitter <laughs> and semi ripped into his fans, but not really. Uh, let, let's talk about Lawan first. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but um, actually, I might get a little surprising reaction out of Zach on this one. Um, I'm fine with what he did. I get it. I, look, I want it to stop. I want him to stop getting face mask penalties, but I was kind of okay with seeing him getting amped up at being pissed at himself. I just hope it translates. I want it to stop. Well, that's the thing. To me, it's like, okay, talk's cheap. You're just who you are. He's the class clown, like Mike said. I, I got to see it on the field. No, I agree. 100%. I, mean, I do. I, I don't care either way. It's one of those things where I'm just apathetic to it uh, when it comes to Luan because whatever he says on the mic now doesn't really matter. I, I don't care if he shows remorse or if he's amped up or if he's sad. I care about what he's doing on the field, and he's doing good things in the well, run game, but he's not playing like old Luan. His technique is bad. He is not using his, his athleticism. Fix those things, and then we'll talk. It oh, was yeah. okay to get the sorry. It's okay sorry. to get the it's okay to get the penalties. You know, these last three or four years, but you're also playing as one of the best left tackles in the league. Now it's not great, and I got to see it. I mean, like I don't care if anybody ever asks him again about the penalties. I don't care if they ask Frable anymore. I know I got amped up about it two weeks ago, but at this point. I got to see it. I got to see it on the field. Well, and that's where that's the postscript I'll attach to this is that while I'm fine with seeing him say it, you're dead on. You have to be able to produce. And I think you get, I think you get one chance to say shit like that. And then you got to be able to back it up. Right. Like if you ever get in that point where you're trying to confront somebody and they come up real aggressive at you and you're, you're kind of taken aback, like, I mean, you know, maybe I'm in the wrong here. Maybe I need to rethink it. That person has basically has to then perform what they just got aggressive about. Yeah. If he has a shitty game next week, gets two or three more penalties, and keeps playing the way he is, that whole thing on doesn't Sunday matter. doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. And it becomes a laughing point. If he somehow comes out aggressive in two weeks after the bye and, and turns into the old Lawan, great. You found a way to get pissed at yourself, and you backed it up. But you, you get one chance. Yeah, here's here's the thing that I took away from those comments. And and I do think they do, they do make a little bit of a difference to me. What what he said. Yes. Because during the game, I tweeted out that the Titans have to bench Lawan Because as... Did as, you? I did. Man, I would have ripped into you. Uh, so, and <laughs> I... was on that Montezuma. The, the, yeah. It wasn't because I thought Dennis Kelly would play better. I thought they had to get his attention. That's the thing. I, I yeah, felt like yeah. he was not taking it seriously. He was out there just flailing around, doing dumb shit. And I felt like they needed to do something drastic to get his attention and snap his head into the game. And my thought was, bench his ass. Put put Dennis Kelly in. You've got a pretty good replacement. I mean, he's not Lawan. He's he's never going to be Lawan, But he's not a total disaster liability if you have to put him in. So that that is my thought process for tweeting that. But then after the game, when I saw his comments, you, you know, Lawan is a lot of things. I don't think he's a very good actor. He kind of wears his emotions right on his sleeve. Yes. You can tell how he's feeling about something when he's answering a question. And I felt like that came through as he does give a shit. He does care. And that's what I wanted to see. When I when I was saying they needed to bench him, I wanted I wanted it to be clear to him that this is unacceptable and to, for them to get his attention. I you feel like they everybody do have benched. his attention. I mean, you wanted Marcus benched. <laughs> you want Lawan benched. I mean, it's just, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes a benching is a tool to correct a player's <laughs> performance. Um, yeah, suspension but, exists in school because of shitheads. Yeah, and and I, you know, the whole the class clown thing was really wearing thin with me, and I, I was yes. glad to hear him take a little bit different tone and say, 
look, I get it. I am fucking up. And, and for him to come out and say, I am a liability, I, that, that's kind of what I needed to hear from him. Now, like you said, has to translate into actions in two weeks. I actually like that Vrabel in his press conference said, we're not going to hide behind saying, I was trying to finish, blah, blah, blah. That is not how you finish. That's not how we coached finish. And just real quick, yeah. that was a very valuable quote yesterday that, yes. that got put into print and not into any of the videos that you, any of the nation, national media sent out. Yeah. Because all we, all we got and all we heard, unless you watched the press conference, was, well, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Or yeah. whatever, and yeah. I was just like, you know, that's that's bad on that's a little bad on them because that kind of made me angry yesterday. But I didn't say anything. Bad, bad on who? I, I think it's bad on clipping. the media for yeah. just clipping Local? that part. All, uh, local, it, local, yeah, it was. I, local. I'm not. I'm not asking yeah, you yeah. shit at. I'm no, asking. no, 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 no. It, it was. It was only local because. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think uh, maybe national guys are there. I really yeah, don't, know, I don't know, but. It was from the press conference, you know. I yeah. didn't get to watch it, so they—they you know, they all I, led with that that snippet at the very yeah. beginning when his the depth of his answer behind it was actually really good. Yeah, I it, was a, it was a, it was the answer that I was looking for two weeks ago when right. it first got brought up, I've, and they just cut it out. I've not gotten to watch. I, I did go back and watch the game a little bit on. Um, I re- recorded it on uh, YouTube TV, like that plug. But um, <laughs> I did go back and watch it because I will say, it's fun. It is being in an NFL stadium. It's. I don't know if you all do this, but I kind of get lost watching the game in person. Oh, yeah. Than I do on TV. I, I know that's probably an easy it's, comparison, but yeah, it's, it's much it's easier. Ho- on yeah, TV. It, it was much. It was a lot more fun to go back and watch it on TV and kind of you know realize the whole picture while I'm watching and but, get to experience Tony Romo. <laughs> Tony Romo was fucking cold. <laughs> that was great. I pretty much like watched the whole game, and a lot of it was. And I will say this: excitement. going back to the fans. I know we're about to talk about that. Well, let me make this point real quick yeah. before you go back to the fans. Did AJ Brown get in Taylor Lewan's face? Yes, yes he did. Yeah, and, and I awesome. love that. Good on AJ Brown. Yeah. Absolutely. Good I on mean, AJ Brown. I, AJ Brown is one of those guys that, of all the players on the Titans roster, if you were to look at me and say, "All right, who's going to be a a big part of this team in three years?" AJ Brown is a dead on lock to me. Like yeah. he he's going to be he around. Is, he is going to be a dude. That is the most confident I have felt in a wide receiver ever. Ever yeah. on this team, I, I absolutely mean that. I, the one thing that's always drove me nuts about the Titans is they don't ever seem to have a wide receiver that is locked in, like dead on. You know he's going to be good, only going to continue to get better. Yep. So all right, I didn't want to get derailed on that. I just I thought I saw that clip on Twitter this week, but it's been wild at work. Um, you want to go back to the fans? Just real quick. Uh, at halftime, I switched. Uh, I met uh, Amos, who was on the show. We met at um. Oh, shit. It's a bar. It's called the Rare Bird, which is a rooftop bar on top of the Noel downtown. Yeah. 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 Perfect view of the stadium, right? Nice. Whenever a good play happened for the Titans and a bad play happened for the Titans, our fans were louder than anything that happened with the Chiefs on TV. So our ours was obviously delayed on the TV stream at the bar, but we could hear these cheers and hear these boos and knew immediately – the Titans have either done something correctly or the refs fucked us over or something. <laughs> but, like, that's how loud it was. We could hear the Titans fans. We hardly heard the Chiefs fans. We could hear the Titans fans all the way across the river. So, Titans, I just want to say kudos to, to Titans the Titans fans were electric. Fans. Yeah. They were. I mean, it was it was impressive to see. And I, it was not Chiefs fans being idiots and cheering at the wrong time. It was a vocal minority making a hell of a lot more noise than the being outnumbered by a, a, an opposing fan base. Let me ask this. How quickly did people recognize the kick had been blocked? Was it immediate yes. reaction to that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was. I mean, th- there was a couple of people slow on the uptake, but there was, it was shock. And then, I mean, he had turned the corner you could, so quick. You it could was, hear it. And, and Amos goes, Oh, I guess the chiefs made it. I said, ah, don't think so. That what sounds was, like Titans fans. It was an explosion on the TV. Yeah, like what was, the TV broadcast sounded loud. What was neat was Vrabel running on the field and wanting to get involved, and the whole team was just. Uh, it was incredible. The whole yeah. team going crazy, and the foot. But there was like fans in the lower bowl instantly recognized, and it, it yeah. went crazy. But then it did. It started to spread through the rest of the fans, and there was an audible like. Like the air being let out of the opposing fan base too was like, son of a bitch. So that combined with our fans going crazy was was a really cool thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, between that and the Humphreys touchdown, like that, that's those are two amazing moments at that stadium. That la- the last five minutes of that game, that probably ten minutes of that game, with stalling the Chiefs, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs kicked a field goal, and then the Titans marched down the field and scored, and then the Chiefs immediately, I mean, Mahomes just like that you know, gains 35 yards in the air and then yeah. turns right around, pitches it out to the left. So anyways, it was, uh, that was an insane series to watch in person. And then I went back and watched it on TV and I was, I was a little more shocked to watch it on TV because Romo does such a good job of kind of selling it as, uh, as a commentator, but also as a former player of kind of experiencing the game. It's almost, I don't know. I don't mean to go off on this, but like, uh, what really, what I really like about watching is Romo is like, as a player, you have to remain poised. You can't get caught up in the excitement because you can get overexcited and then you, you know, miss throws or miss kicks or whatever the hell. So hearing him being able to go kind of like puppy fit about <laughs> football after he's, the fact is really awesome. He's so much fun. And to so to. watching him watch games and then being able to say, oh my God, look who's open over here on the right. I would watch for a pass to the right. And being able to kind of call things in it, and then when it happens, and he gets so excited because it's like the competitor in him is happy that the play sequence worked the way he wanted it to in his head is so fucking fascinating to watch. And so for him, when the kick was blocked, and he realized like how incredible that moment was because the replay of that kick being blocked is one of the sexiest things I've ever watched in football. The perfect extension it hits him right in the wrist, yeah. just beautiful. And then CBS had to cut right to the Buffalo oh, game. That they was couldn't brutal. help themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, Romo is feeling it. He's describing like how the fan base is going ape shit. And it, you could tell the producers like, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to get to Buffalo. <laughs> and so they immediately cut to Buffalo. And then you could tell the post game guys with CBS were not prepared to talk about a Titans victory. They were prepared to talk about the Chiefs probably dominating win. So all they could do was go around and talk about how the Chiefs lost. And it finally took, is it Nate? Um, Burleson. Burleson. Yeah. To He's kind really of good. reel them back in along with um, uh, Coward to say, hey, listen, we needed to be talking about how Tennessee won this game and not the Chiefs lost. Absolutely. But, all right. I'm sorry. I've gone off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> let, let's go back quick, to though, yeah, Jim Nance. You know he's thinking, oh, man, I'm so glad Phil Simms is out of this booth. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's upgraded right? in a huge Cause way. Because, you, you know, I've heard Jim Nance and Phil Simms, they get a little saucy the night before games at uh, some restaurants and stuff. Uh-huh. And you know that Jim Nance and Tony Romo are probably pulling in some puss ass. <laughs> is, that, is that really what we need to take away from this? I don't know. I, I mean, but Phil, Phil Sims is a hot fart in a car. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just he's like awful. someone opened a window. God. You know, the funny thing is he's actually I've, I've listened to him. So I like Chris Sims's podcast. Like, and I know people have very mixed emotions about Chris Sims. I like Chris Sims. But I like Chris Sims and uh, his he brings his dad on his podcast sometimes. And his dad is great on the podcast because, I mean, he's, uh, like, loose and, like, opens oh, up. Probably Where hitting that, that Montezuma. Yeah. Where is that guy on TV? Yeah, I don't because know. Phil Sims, he's a totally different sober. guy. They probably take away all of his drugs yeah. and stuff. Phil Sims is, the, to me, he's the Gary Danielson of CBS. Yes. Which Ugh, Gary Danielson. I cannot stand Danielson, but... Like Phil Sims giving out his Blackberry cobbler at Thanksgiving. Yeah, just yeah. the guy just sucks. And so I'm gonna have to listen to that. But all right, let's let's back up a little bit. We're <laughs> we're so far off topic. Um sorry, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. We we get excited when people win. It's like a yeah. puppy just running in circles. But um Saffold had some comments um on Twitter like thirty six seconds after the game ended. <laughs> yeah. Or was he texting in the car? What was <laughs> happening here? But um, he got a little buck wild on, well, not buck wild. That's, that's not the correct statement. He got, he got in his feelings yeah. on Twitter. He got and, a little butt uh, hurt about it. Y- y'all are going to have to correct me because I don't remember the tweet off the top of my head. It's not in front of me. I'm too lazy to pull it up. But, uh, he basically said, you would think, uh, that I'm the worst player on the team at this point or. Yeah. Something, something about like coming off of a win, like a big win against one of the best teams in the AFC and people are acting like I'm the worst player on the team. Which someone was, I've gotten to listen to all of like 45 seconds of reaction to this game post Sunday, but y'all want to read the tweet. 
I think I'm the hate, most hated guy on the Titans. Win, lose, or draw. It's just nothing but negativity and insults. Mistakes happen in this game. We all know that, but without knowing scheme or the way we play to judge, instantly is just unfair. I mean, we just beat a top AFC team. Enjoy it. But it's okay. I'll keep going to work and busting my butt to try to be a weapon for this offense and this team. I just think it presents a lot of pressure to be perfect when it isn't possible in this game. So the only reaction I've heard so far was off midday. And one of the gentlemen on the show was kind of making the point of they felt like Saffold was reacting to fans getting mad at Lawan slash the line in general. I don't know how true that is, but I mean, look, at any given time, I'm sure you could pull up at mentions for any athlete on Twitter and someone is getting called a fuck boy over something. Oh, for but, sure. But or families get threatened if you miss a kick. I mean, it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's, that's it's, it's ugly. I mean, you know, pro and, and, and let Twitter. me say this. If you're tweeting at a player, stop. Yeah, they I, don't they don't care about this shit. I like, <laughs> I mean, but the people that do it and like, so like if you were, who tweets you, at players? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's like who on this podcast yeah. tweets at players yeah, who does that? about things that happened two decades ago. I don't know. I refuse to tag <laughs> players in things. Right, but because... then when people get in your mentions and then they tag them. All right. Yeah. Oh, like, like, I know. like, oh, they're going to come beat Mike's ass on Twitter. Yeah. Right. right, Saffold. Right. It, 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 like I refuse to tag players in like 99% of what I tweet just because I'm going to put good things about them. I'm going to put bad things about them. I don't, I, it doesn't even enter into my thinking that, oh, I wonder if the player is going to see this. And I don't want to think about, oh, I wonder if the player is going to see this. I just want to be objective and, and about my so analysis. I just got your Randy Moss reference while he was talking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I literally brought up a story about how the guy cussed yeah. in my face. But yeah, that, like, yeah, we didn't like, like, talk about I was that. like, I don't get that one. He, did, he cussed at me as a child. As, I was a child. Um, but anyways. <laughs> And I respect what you're doing because, and I mean, you can answer this for yourself, but it's not, it's, it's to prevent that person from bringing on a flood of hate and or love uh, that's just going to clog up their mentions. And, and, I mean, yeah, well, and to, to be, be honest, honest. Let's, let's look at it. 712 comments on his first tweet. And then on his second tweet, which was the second part where I read 126. And so, why, why open yourself no, up to no. that? And, and actually Eddie George had a great, point today to where he said you could you could tweet something right now and get a hundred likes 15 comments whatever 14 of the comments are going to be positive and you're going to glaze right by them right 100 but that one comment that somebody makes from a guy that has eight followers blah 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 misspelling shit it doesn't matter how asinine <laughs> the comment is if it's negative it sticks in your craw and you feel the need to respond to it yeah. and it gets in your head not even back it up with this Compton, did he say this on our podcast where he talked about how he was playing like shit and people were tweeting him? Yeah. I and he was so. thinking about that yeah. on the sidelines? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's crazy to me that pro athletes would think that way, but pro athletes are us. I mean, they're just a hell of a lot more of them, Most of them, <laughs> I'd say a good portion of them are actually younger than what we are. That's Even a, me and, and, and Mike, they're, they're definitely younger than us for the good yeah. majority. Why are you say you and Mike? You over here like I'm 48. <laughs> I like to, I like to throw out, you know, maybe people will guess your age and kind of wonder, you know, let's just make it he's a mystery. Let's make it mystery Slabowski. Yeah, yeah, let's just make it a mystery. How, how old is Slabowski? What is so, it? It's like the janitor in uh, Scrubs. We never right. know his name. We'll just never know your age. <laughs> but so anyways, to circle back to Saffold, because we can't stay on topic tonight. Um, I feel what he's saying, but this just goes back to my whole argument of why the fuck are you on Twitter if yeah. you're a pro athlete? That and here's the thing. Could y'all imagine if Marcus had been oh on Twitter? Oh my god! Oh, I, yeah, no. it's smart that he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No, he um, says. I mean, seriously, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Save yourself from that crap. I mean, I mean, Tom listen, Brady just got it this year. I, listen, I tweeted out something about Randy. I keep cutting you off. I tweeted <laughs> something out about Randy Moss, which we'll discuss before we close the podcast. And I got a lot of fun. this is hilarious. One of the funniest things I've ever read. Blah blah blah. Bro, read this. But dude, about one every thirty messages was all up in your feelings, fuck boy. And like, just, I mean, like it was just, it's a, it's a lighthearted, yes. vulgar, funny comment. And I got a lot of shit. I mean, people just tweet me oh. awful stuff. Someone tweeted at me and said, I bet you're a fucking Trump supporter. Like just, just <laughs> like, wait a minute, that you're the Trump I mean, exactly, supporter. Like taking it. I don't even know how you could get literally anything political out of that. 
If you had put the word fucking... But least of all, but you're the Republican. If you're a fucking (laughs) ex-supporter, they could have said the same. I bet you're a fucking Bernie supporter. And I would have been... I would have gotten the same reaction. Like, I was scrolling through some of my mentions going, what? Yeah. Anyways, what were you going to say, Mike? (laughs) So what I was going to say is, I bet you're a fucking Trump supporter. (laughs) Fuck boy. Oh, but uh, in your feelings, I actually agree with I, I agree with what Saffold says. He is getting way too much. Oh, hate. I knew it. Saffold sympathizer. No, OK, OK, OK. Let, let, hear me out. <laughs> he should not have tweeted what he tweeted. He, like, ignore it. Like, dude. Yes. You are a professional athlete. You're going to have people, you, especially and this is the thing. Offensive linemen and defensive backs. You Unless a defensive back picks off a pass or an offensive lineman has just like a spectacular pancake, you are going to 99% of the time be not noticed if you're doing your job well. You are going to be noticed the one time you fuck up. Like the one time you get beat for a 90-yard touchdown as a cornerback or the one time you get whipped for a sack, people are going to be like, Fucking Saffold, fucking Butler, he's awful. People are still holding on to the fact that Butler's not good. Yes, I yes. Mean, I mean, I mean been, a full year and a yeah. half later. <laughs> People still say Butler isn't good. They, they still think he's trashed because he gave up like a long yes. touchdown against the Eagles in week four last year. But and it doesn't matter that he was like statistically the best quarterback in the NFL for the last half of the la- of last season and was really good this year. But the point is you play a position like it or not where you're going to get a lot of negative feedback one way or another. And you're you're not going to get a lot of positive reinforcement. So the reason I tweeted out the thread that I tweeted out today, kind of highlighting some of the plays, and it wasn't just Saffold, it was for the entire offensive line, because the Titans offensive line as a group gets a lot of shit, and offensive lines across the entire NFL get a lot of shit, because offensive line play sucks in the NFL right now. There's like three teams. It's a league-wide epidemic. There are like three teams that are really happy with their offensive line, and the rest (laughs) are, are mad at them like the Titans fans are, right? So... Saffold got paid $11 million a year, $44 million contract. He's one of the highest paid guards in the league to come here. And he opened like dog shit. He gave up five sacks in what his first four or five games as a Titan. Unacceptable, terrible, awful. Just like Butler when he got here last year, giving up five or six touchdowns right in his first five or six games. Terrible, unacceptable, awful. You're getting paid all that money. You need to reform. But... People latch on to that, and then when the player starts playing well, they they don't change their opinion. They you know like oh, like course. you said with the Butler thing. Right now, you can go tweet out something positive about Malcolm Butler and be like, Malcolm Butler's trash. You'll get like a Overpaid. ton. You'll Overpaid. get a ton of comments about how trash Ma- Malcolm Butler is. Same with Saffold. Saffold has been playing better recently. Yes, he gave up a bad sack in this in this last game against the Chiefs. Missed a block or didn't didn't help Ben Jones really is, is what happened. And, you know, maybe he might have been responsible for uh, picking up a twist that, that got missed, something like that. Either way, yes, he missed, he missed one block. He also was putting people on their ass in the running game and a big part of the reason that the Titans went off for 225 yards rushing. That matters too. And, and if you're playing 40, what, the Titans had like 49 snaps on offense, which is a really low number. But if you screw up on two of them and you're fucking dominating on 47, doesn't doesn't the other 47 matter? Like, I get you don't want to give up sacks and and giving up a sack a game is terrible. You, you don't want to do that. But Saffold has played better recently. The sacks have tapered off despite this this you know recent one against the Chiefs and his run blocking is picked up. And that's what he was really his run blocking is his calling card. That's what he does best. And. I think we're going to see him take off down the stretch. And people need to be aware of the fact that he's not trash. That's the thing. He's not the worst guard in the NFL. PFF has him rated currently as the 16th best guard in the league. The Rams right now have one of the worst offensive lines. Oh, yeah. Sean McVay's Rams. Ask Rams fans about Roger Saffold. They are dying to have him back right now. And Saffold is rated, like I just said, 16th among all guards, according to PFF right now. So, yes, he's not playing lights out. He's not been perfect. You know, you could argue he hasn't lived up to his contract just yet, but he's trending in the right direction. And I feel like people need to give him some credit for that. That doesn't mean you have to 
forget that he played like trash at the beginning of his Titans career, but constantly yelling about how Saffold's trash, he's a bust, he's awful, he's J-Rob's worst, worst mistake. Let let it go. Well, like, this Kevin is, Dodd will always be J-Rob's worst mistake. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's a high bar to clear. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but Saffold, Saffold's playing better. He deserves credit for playing better. And I, he's right that he should not be getting the hate that he's getting well, right and, now. And this is where, as a podcast, we're always going to scream into the wind, but I'm never going to stop saying this, is that objectively, if I want nothing else if you take out of this podcast to just learn how to be a better fan. Yes. Like, understand that when you tweet people, there's actually a person reading this shit. You know, it just, but to come off of all that for a second, like, if I say, and I'm talking about a baseball player, if I say Aaron Judge to you two, what do you think of? What, what do you think of, first off? Giant who hits home runs. Okay, what do you think of? I think of a guy in, uh, on a baseball field okay, in a judge see, robe. So, right before I, I was stuck in traffic <laughs> today, um, some, I'm going to butcher this and I don't even care. I just want to make a quick point. Um, I, someone for the Houston uh, Astros gave an interview, I guess, recently, last couple of days, basically that the Astros were cheating in 2017 and possibly this year. Oh, well. They had some kind of camera set up in the outfield to steal baseball signs. Big, big problem. Yeah. Right? Aaron well, Judge. Not, not if they were in the NFL. Spygate really didn't mm. matter. And this was an article, that, I think it was on The Athletic, that the AP retweeted and put it out there. And Aaron Judge retweeted that and said, wait, what? Like, I probably any natural reaction that a baseball player is going to have of like, I mean, damn, you know, this sucks. A team that we played. Yeah, that they directly is, compete against. That they directly compete against is probably cheating and, and cheating in a method to where it affects their pitching. The top comment to that tweet is, motherfucker, you couldn't hit a curveball with a telephone pole and a beach ball. <laughs> I mean, like, it's the top. It's been retweeted like a thousand times. It's getting like 20,000 likes. All the comments are, bruh, you buried that bitch. Like, <laughs> I guarantee that at some point tonight, Aaron Judge is going to pick up his phone and read that and think, why? Yeah, like, fuck this guy. Fuck you. I hit home runs. I'm good at hitting home runs. The one time he probably got struck out by a curveball, some bean fuck up in Boston <laughs> is going to remember that for the rest of his life. You ever want that? You think Bill Buckner had a happy life <laughs> anyways. So I, I, all I want to say with this is that quickly to Saffold, like I think the best thing for you to do, man, I, get off social media. Yeah. Like just plain and simple because fans are not going to change. We will scream into the wind for the rest of our life or as long as people want to listen to this damn thing that fans need to change their behavior. But it is screaming into the wind. Fans are not going to. It's that instant reaction. It's what people want. Here's my advice. Unless you are specifically following someone with the last name Saffold, Roger, mute the word Saffold. <laughs> or, or just block everyone Yeah, and follow me. <laughs> yeah. I got you, boo-boo. <laughs> I got you, boo-boo.